working with Jesus or being in ministry, whatever all them words is. I'd walk away from that if I lost my joy. That's what I've always says to the Lord. I lose joy, I'm out of this. So I'm, I'm going to, because I know how easy it is to lose your joy in this. I know people hurt us and break us down and all that stuff. And then I said I'd be out here. I'm 30 years here, so I've, I still have joy. I believe I still have joy because I wouldn't be here. But the only place that I know you can get joy is in his presence. That's what Nehemiah says, that the fullness of joy is in God's presence. So, and, and then they says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So if you want strength, you get it from joy, but the only place you get real joy is in his presence. So if you want to be a strong Christian, hang out with Jesus. Not just on a Sunday, not just coming here and going getting a little filled, because that doesn't keep you, does it? It doesn't. So here's the mandate God gave me two weeks ago for our church. If anyone comes to you now, be kind and listen. Ultimately, send them back to me. There's no mediator between you and Jesus. You can go straight there. You have access to the throne room of God by the power of the Holy Spirit whom he sent. Yet yeah, we're here and we rolls in the church. But if I draw you to me, I'm blocking you from him. So my role and Rob's role and any other role as a Christian is to go, wow, that's amazing. Why don't you go and talk to Jesus? Why don't you, how do I do that? Here's how I do it. Tell you a great story. Here's how I do it. I preached up in a church in Tallaght two weeks ago and I, I told them this for the first time, I think I said this. Here's the way my life has been the last four months, since the 28th of December. I fall out, I put my hand, here's the way I wake up. My hand falls out like that all the time. What comes out of my mouth, what follows that is, Jesus, I give you my life. Do you know how many times I give my life to Jesus a day? Sometimes 20. I'm good at taking it back. I'm good at, doing, I'm good at doing my own thing. I kid you not, I'm letting you into my world. It falls out like that. And I go, Jesus, I give you my life today. And then the rest of my body follows out <laughs> after that. I sat out in Tallinn. A woman was there for the second time in church. The third time she was in church was that Tuesday night. So that was about two weeks ago. And that Tuesday night was Sunday morning. And on Tuesday night, that church had a healing meeting. She was there. And someone prayed for her for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the, the person that was praying for her, what's that mean? Is, is like, when you're Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. But as Rob was saying, in the book of Acts, they were, the Holy Spirit was sent and they were empowered to be God's witness to this world. And that was a manifestation of the Spirit of God where they were speaking in tongues, speaking in other languages, going into prophesying, praising God in a way that they hadn't been before that, being empowered to turn the world upside down. That's what I mean by that. But the person that was praying for the woman, um, and remember, this is like our third time ever in church, and uh, she, we're like being a bit forceful, and the woman was a bit distracted by her all. But she told the pastor of the church, they only told me this on Friday or something like that. said, she woke up one morning, she, she remembered what I said. She let her arm fall out of bed. This is in light now of the, the, the prayer meeting and praying for baptism also. And she said this, Jesus, I give my life to you. And with that, the Holy Spirit fell upon her. And tongues kept coming over. And we're in our most being. Isn't that amazing? The most important thing to her was, Jesus, I want you. And out of wanting him, he gives you the things of the Spirit. And that's what it's about. That's what he has for us. He's not holding back. He's not holding back. But we have Psalm 6 today. And I won't take long. You believe that? You believe that? But we just want to give God's word its place. In honor. 
But Psalm 6 is like the last, the, the few Psalms that um, we've probably gone through, at least um, 3, 4, 5, they're, they're, they're similar in some way. There's, there's David is like, there's the reproach, there's the things that's happening to David, there's things that's happening in his world. And then out of the reproach, there's the response of David. And, um, and we see that David always turns to the Lord in them. And then there's the results of turning to the Lord. So there's always something, and then there's a, a response to that something, which we all have in our lives. When something goes wrong, when something encroaches on our lives, when something comes against us, or some things don't change, or circumstances are, are, are bad or evil, or wickedness comes against us, or powers of darkness comes against us, we all know what this is. We all have a decision. Where are we going to go to with this? Are we going to try fight it in our own strength? Are we trying to just get through and stay in, in some type of isolation and, and then it gets worse? Or are we going to turn to the Lord? And then when we turn to the Lord, there's always a result in lives. And today, this is, no, this is no different. You'll see in this psalm, it's like David has sinned. David has done something that has caused all types of um, things to be felt in his body and people coming against him. And, uh, and he does a response. And then there's, a, there's a, a result. Psalm 6, I think it's coming up. Let's read it from there because my translation is different than what I sent her in. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger. Hello. Do not discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, Lord, for I'm weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are shaken. My whole being is shaken with terror. And you, Lord, how long? Turn, Lord, rescue me, save me because of your faithful love. For there is no remembrance of you in death. Who can thank you? My NIV says, who can praise you in the grave? I'm weary from groaning with my tears. I'm dampened my pillow and drenched my bed every night. My eyes are swollen from grief. They grow old because of all my enemies. Depart from me, all evildoers. For the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea for help. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be ashamed and shake with terror. They will turn back and suddenly be disgraced. You can see that there's a whole lot going on for David, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? That there's like, there's terror and there's body aching and there's all types of, of feelings that he's, he's like, Lord, where are you? How long does this have to go on? How long um, will this happen to me? My bones are in agony. My pillow is soaked with tears. Have you been there? We've, we've been there to some degree. Even God, he thought, was gone. He, he, show me mercy, Lord. He feels like he might die. He's saying, like, Lord, if I die in this situation, there's no... There's no Rescue me because there's no prayers for you in the grave. How can I be in the choir of the, of the saints? How can I be in the choir of the redeemed if I go to the grave? Lord, Lord, help me. My enemies, evil are coming against me. And here's where he always turns where he says, I turn to you, Lord. There's the response. To all the weeping, all the breaking, I turn to you, Lord. Then the result is he turns to his enemies and says, you will be the one that's put to shame. Approach. Response and results. For I believe in this and what God wants me to bring out in this psalm. Rob could preach this same psalm. Max could preach this same psalm next week. Bernard could preach it. And they'll preach absolutely something different because that's the wonder of the word of God. 
That's the beauty of the depth, the width, the height, and the length of the Word of God. That is 3D, HD, you will never fully grab it. And then you think you've grabbed it, and then God will show you something different. It's like, beautiful God. Where you can see David in the midst, in the throes of something. And you can see, what I can see in it is God has drawn them out. Drawn them into a place of saying, yeah, I know there's weeping. I know you feel decay is setting in your bones. You nearly feel death. Grief is grabbing a hold of you. And you see God drawing them, turning them to him. David's cry, have you ever prayed this? Lord, how long is this going to go on? How long must I put up with this? How long will that enemy keep coming against me? God has drawn them out into something, into something new. Mal, could you put up the song that we sang, um, Hosanna? Because I, I, you know, like, um, break my heart for what break yours, yeah? And uh, I was thinking about this because this song could have been the, been the sermon today. It's a great, it's a great one, you know what I mean? So it's like, Hosanna, Hosanna. It's a great song. Hosanna in the high, yeah. Well, listen to the words. Break my heart for what breaks yours. You know, like, Hosanna. We skip over them. God is breaking David. There's a breaking going on so David can receive more of God. Because all of who he is and all that who we are and all the things of our past and the strongholds that's in our mind and the way we look at ourselves and the way, and Rob said it, didn't he, that like we, we, we find it hard to receive God's love for us. That's because the stuff Break my heart. So there's a breaking goes on. There's a, there's a, everything I am, we sing it. Everything I am. Do you know what that means to God? Everything I am. Hosanna, Hosanna. Go ahead, Mal. Next bit, isn't it? Huh? No, back, oh, sorry, Mal, it was backwards. Heal my heart. That takes a crushing at times. That takes a pressing of God into our world to get us healed of the things that robbers of our eyes being opened to the things unseen, to his love. Show me how to love like you. Like, you know, we, we, we think these songs, they're like hammers sometimes when, when God opens your eyes. Then them words to be like a hammer, like, whoa. How the... Like, and the one that I was thinking of, like, like, listen to this one. Does everyone know that new song that people are singing, New Wine? Uh, I'll just, you know, I'll get it. Um. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. It's a great one, isn't it? Jesus, bring new wine. It's great. It's like, come on. Like, it's like, uh, you know, there's something, there's fun in it. Listen to those words. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine in the soil I surrender you are breaking new wine so I yield to you and to your careful hands when I trust you I don't need to understand make me a vessel make me an offering make me whatever you want me to be I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Jesus, bring new wine out of me. David is experiencing, in the press, bones are aching, 
Inner crush. Trust in you. And you're going to bring something new. Don't fear the crushing of God. Don't run away from the breaking of God. That's what breaks us out into who we are. Don't, don't resist the drawing out of God. Yes, it's painful. I know it's painful. Do you think if someone walks with God for 30 years and he doesn't know pain? Doesn't know crushing or pressing? I said 30 years ago, God, use me. He goes, in the pressing, in the crush. I didn't know that. I would have never signed up. But when you get him, and you realize this is to get more of him. And you can say with James the Apostle, I consider it a pure joy. Every time I face trials and tribulations, I never got that scripture. It was, who considers it joy? But when you know the outcome, you know you're going through the, 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 the Bible college of God. You're going through the crushing because there's somewhere on the other end of this psalm for David when he said, I'm going through this, I'm feeling everything, but enemies, be aware when I come out of it. You won't have the last say in my life. And yet the Lord will use the enemy, and yet the Lord will use people, and yet the Lord will use circumstances. We go, this is going to kill me. Believe me, it won't kill you. Don't believe that lie. It will not kill you. It's God drawing you out into who you really, really are in him. But it hurts. Keep going. The breaking, the pressing in of God produces the transformation of God. It hurts. He's drawing you out from sin into righteousness. From sorrow into joy. He's drawing you out from grief into singing. From chastisement to knowing the Father. Bringing you out. He's drawing you out. I love Moses. I love God. God's work in Moses' life. You know what? Moses, he was a Hebrew kid, yeah? So his mother had him for, what was it, six months, five months? Do you remember? Then Pharaoh says, we're going to kill all the kids under a certain age. She, she puts his ba- the baby Moses into a basket. Then Pharaoh's daughter draws him out of water. Do you know what Moses' name, his Hebrew name is? Ronel. <laughs> he had a Hebrew name because his mom had him for so long. But the Bible, the Holy Spirit chose to keep the word Ronel for his name. When God draws you out of, when God draws me out of my little self, it's always into something bigger. Bigger understanding of who he is. Bigger understanding of his grace. Bigger understanding of his, of his mercy in my life. He drew Moses out of the womb into a big world. He draws him out of his little house in, 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 in Egypt with his mom. And he draws him, she puts him in the water. And he's drawn out of the water into a palace. It's like every time God has drawn us out, it's into something more expansive than what we've had when we were in our own little world. That's what the crushing is. That's what the breaking is. It's not, you're, going, you're not going to die. God is going to open you up so you can receive something more of what he has for your life, that you will be truly shown into this world to beautify this world of God's nature and character in it. And then he gets drawn out of the palace. So you think Moses just ended up in the palace, but there was controversy. There was death sentences over his life to get him there. 
And God has drawn us out of ourselves and out of the surroundings that is around us so that he can give us something more of who he is. Isn't that incredible? Is that not what we pray for? Is that not when we said, me, 1989, 22nd of March, Tuesday evening, National Stadium, Reinhard Bonnke, about 940. Jesus, I give it. This is my word. Jesus, I was 22. I felt 180. I says, Jesus, I give you this little life. This broken life. Can I have the life that man talked about? I give you my life. He took me serious. Can I have the life that he says you have for me? I didn't know the Bible. I never went to church. But I was 22 and felt 180. It takes a lot of breaking to get that stuff off of you. But he does it with gentleness and kindness. And he's always there. And even when you don't think he's there, he's there. He wants to draw, break that off us, to draw us out into the palace. And then what Moses gets drawn out of the palace, it's always into some other expansive nature or character of God, into the wilderness. You know, Moses, the palace is not big enough for you. But what I have for you, I'm drawing you out of that place. And there was controversy that caused him, caused him to be drawn out of that place. He murdered somebody. You think that's it, it's over. God said, I'm going to use that. To draw you. Because God doesn't just draw you from something. He draws you to. He doesn't just draw you from. He draws you to. And he draws Moses out of the womb. Out of the water. Out of the palace. Out into the wilderness. And out of the wilderness. Into a burning bush encounter with God. And he gets drawn into Lord I need to see your glory. He gets drawn into the magnitude. The magnificence of who God is. Was it like. I, I, I have a great home. Was it, I, I never done anything really wrong. Was it, I just I went to Boiva College and I was done all this training. I got all these breaks. No. It was all controversy along the way. And God used every bit of it to draw them into his place. And then God uses them to draw a nation out of bondage. Boom. Drop the mic. Come on. I must get letting on, Mike. Just drop it. He uses the drawing out one. The breaking, the crushing, the, the, the shooting up of new roots and shoots that are coming up out of his life. And he draws them into his presence. And then it's Moses who writes about the account of Genesis. It's Moses who gets to see in the beginning the bigness of it. Don't be afraid of it. If I was a year a Christian, you could say, no, what, no. Yeah, wait and, you be, wait and you walk with this God a bit longer. 30 years. Been much breaking. Release us through. That's what, that's what that James fellow was saying. I didn't know that. I was like, I'm never going to get joy. I didn't think. You, you listen over the sermons over the last four years, and you will hear the pain that was coming out somehow or somewhere. I kept it to myself, grieving people that I've walked with for years, being lied about. I said, if God breaks you down into who you are, <laughs> God turns the evil into good for you. And you stand up a new man or a new woman and go, I don't know where it's all gone. And it takes a lifetime, it seems like a lifetime, as Rob says, then it's all over in a, in a moment. You're in a new place. It's like the caterpillar. 
It's that whole process. Caterpillar walking is, is uh, walking through the dirt and the earth and the, 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 the stones hitting off him and vulnerable to all types of predators. And, and they put, put in the caterpillar, there's something in the caterpillar. There's an instinct. There's, there's something in the caterpillar that's in us, that's in David. You see it all through this. The caterpillar's walking through and he looks up to the sky and he's like, I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. But yet he's on the earth. Yet he's, he's, mo- he's, he's touching off things and things are touching off him. But something in him. I think about it every night and day. I'm going to spread my wings and fly away. I believe I can soar. I see me running through that open door. Oh, oh. I believe I can fly. Things coming to get him. How are you going to fly? You're going to go through the process to fly. You're going to go through something. But if you don't go through the something, you're a caterpillar all your life. You're going to stay there on the ground when I've made you to fly. He goes through the process. He's in the cocoon. Can you imagine? That's where some of us are. In the cocoon. David is in it. He's like, my bones are aching. That's like the, the, the caterpillar. Something was starting to jury out of places where there wasn't things before. The instinct of God, is the call of God, the purposes of God, and they're, they're kicking out, and it's still painful because you're locked away. You're in something, and there's wings coming out where there was no wings, and there's, 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 there's feet coming out, and there's stuff coming out of your head, and there's eyes, and there's, there's, there's um, structure on your wings being built up. So that when the sun ray and the light of the sun catches the, 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 the structure of the colors that's being built up on your wings, people will look. Do you ever see a butterfly all over? Like that dancing. Colors hits off them. Sun rays, it's like the butterflies effortlessly dancing like someone's in there. It's God's built up in your life. Making you the light of the world, bringing God's colors into the world. As someone goes, I know what they used to be like. I've seen them on the ground. I've seen them in the dirt. I've seen them in brokenness. I've seen them in grief. I've seen them in failure. But look at God is in there. God was building up this structure of color and grace and mercy that when the sun, when, when the Holy Spirit hits it, well, then people go, I know who that used to be. And then you're looking down on places where you used to crawl. But it's in the process. We submit ourselves to that. Commit ourselves, Lord. He'll keep you in that. But I'll leave you, he keeps us. My biggest celebration over this last four months is saying, God, thank you for keeping me. Thank you for keeping me. I was telling Rob one morning on the way out to Rob Leaslie, I was driving in my car and uh, I had a memory. I didn't know I told anyone this, but Sharon said I told her. I remember in the middle of the night, like black black wolves, black dogs coming into my bedroom like to tear me apart. And I felt every physical thing. I was, there was a spiritual matter, but I felt it in my physicality. I just had their memories. I was like, oh, Lord, thank you that they didn't get me. Thank you that you kept me. And he keeps you. He keeps you. The enemy wants to bark, so we'll run to something else instead of him. And even if we run to something else, he'll draw us back to go, you know that the process will not stop. I get you to fly where you're supposed to fly. Amen.
Da instinct in you. Finish him. Da instinct in you. He will op- open up the opportunity for the instinct that is put inside you. And feel. He'll open up the opportunities for what's in you. I was a couple of months a Christian. Went to a Bible study. Barry Mar Magins, 27K. Sitting in there. Madness all around. Craziness. You want you, One day you're going over to buy drugs. The next day you have a Bible under your hand. You'll be back. That's what he said. You're going into the Bible study. They're all speaking in tongues. I want tongues. Whatever's in that Bible I want. I want. I want. I want to see the resin of the dead. It's there. I want to see what apart. It's there. Everything that's there is a testimony of, of what Jesus will do again and again and again. Prophecy of what Jesus will do again. I'm up there. Bob is doing the Bible study on the Gospel of John. I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm only in the door. I'm writing notes. He talked about sin. Me and Sharon were living in sin. What's that mean in their terminology? Is having sex outside of marriage. Offensive to God. Like I was sitting there. Bob would mention something like people living in their sin, meaning people that are sinning. I'd get convicted. I'm supposed to be living in sin. I'm supposed to be living for God. So I write it down. I said it to someone that was older than me in the Lord. Like I'm talking about I'm a weak Christian. I says, um, when Bob was saying about that living in their sin, I felt really convicted. And he says, No, that doesn't apply to you. We are only in the door. I said, if it's in the Bible, it applies to me. I went home, got on my knees, I said, Sharon, if you don't, I'll never sleep in that bed again till I'm married. Totally striking from God. Nine months later, we got married. Nine months I slept in the same, in this little girl's bed, Patrice. Poor old well, mommy. Instead in that bed. And I was in the Bible study, I'm right. Sermons. Didn't know how to construct the sermon. Writing down things that Bob had said and what I believe God would say to others. I was in the cocoon. There was something of God instinct in me that was writing. If God has called you to sing, get singing lessons. Learn how to play guitar. Whatever he's done, whatever he's called you to do, start doing it now while you're in there because the instinct is there. And then I don't know what age I was in the Lord when I got asked to preach in St. Mark's. The biggest church in Dublin at the time and probably still is. He says, the elder that was walking with me in the home group says, um, Noel, they want you to preach. Oh, what? I was fearful and trembling. He says, I'm ready. I didn't know what I was ready to bring. I didn't know what level of preaching I could bring. Peter gets up to introduce me, Peter Trainer. No, Noel's only a new Christian. A young Christian, he didn't say young. But he has a mature word. And I'm like, leave him alone, would you? Preach from Acts chapter 2 on the fire of God. I remember. I was in the cocoon. Those instincts. God will open up opportunities for what is put in you. Let's pray. Lord, you're so good. So good, Lord. You know what you spoke, Lord. So would you take what you've been on for each one of us throughout the morning? You just accelerate, Lord, quicken your word with its power to each heart right now, Lord. Yeah, I know you've been in pain. Yeah, I've known you felt this way. Without God saying, hey, 
Let him lean into you right now and whisper. Say, come on, we go for this, kid. Hey, kid, come on, we go for this. Those dreams, they're not dead. I'm making you to be able to carry the dreams. The anointing I told you is going to be on your life. I'm building you to be able to carry that. The things that you've seen yesteryear will come in your tomorrows because I'm making you to be able to carry them and run with them. And the colors of your life will beautify things around you.